0: Welcome to Recently Logged, where this week we're talking about what we recently logged. Hello. Hi. uh, My name is Robbie. And I'm Micah. And together we are here to talk about the movies on our podcast recently logged. That's so crazy. Which you may have heard in the little opening blurb. Uh, we're t- today we're talking about movies that we've logged recently. <laughs> if you can even believe it. Um, we used to do uh, this segment on, actually, I think all of our previous seasons. Uh, we yeah. It's changed names over time. We're, we're testing new stuff out with the new season, but trying to make it more appealing <laughs> trying to make it more appealing see if people actually want to listen to these I'm, yeah no I'm always so torn doing <laughs> doing one of these episodes because I'm like I don't know if people actually like want to hear about just like random stuff that we've, <laughs> that we've right, logged like, over not the about, week. not about something specific <laughs> like obviously there's a certain appeal to being like oh I watched, you know, Ratatouille. I'd love to hear someone talk about Ratatouille. <laughs> but with with these episodes, I'm always like, does anyone even really want to hear me talk about, like, you know, uh, I was trying to think of the most random movie we watched this week. Hard uh, Eight for, like, two minutes. <laughs> you know, I think that was last week, actually. I, we might have talked... Yeah, we talked about that last episode. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that is what we're doing this time. We're going to go over... Uh, it's gonna be a little a couple, couple longer movies. than our than our yeah. typical like what we watched segment. We're gonna talk about things yes. a little bit more <laughs> yeah. than that. So yeah. it's not just gonna be like twenty minutes long. It we're gonna actually like they can see things. how long the episode is, um, which is wild. Yeah, I got, I got a lot of movies. We yeah, watched we got a some, lot of got a lot of stuff. New movies. I th- I, yeah, I haven't had a single rewatch since the 18th. So, <laughs> as it should be. <laughs> uh, but we're starting from the 17th. Yeah. Let's get into it. So, uh, Robbie, what did we watch on that old 17th of January? On the night of the 17th, we watched a lovely little film called Bad Times at the El Royale. What? Which we had we had passed over back when it came out in 2018 uh, having, for, for they, a couple of reasons. They were having bad times at the El Royale? <laughs> but it always, it always looked interesting. Well, I literally... I never heard anybody talk about it except for Houston. <laughs> I don't know, man. I... I don't know. I saw the trailer for it and I'm like, that looks kind of cool. I, never, I don't think I ever <laughs> really? saw a trailer. I wow. saw nothing about this. Dude, I did I w- not know it was that recent. I remember being kind of excited for it, but then like thinking in my mind, oh, that doesn't look very clean. I probably won't go watch that in like a theater or anything. <laughs> um, I don't remember how old I was in 20. 20- I guess I would have been 16 in 2018, which is. Yeah yeah that's right mm-hmm. um so that makes sense it's an r-rated <laughs> film so but no i, I remember watching I the trailer hear, i didn't hear like anyone talking about this <laughs> so to, uh, but anyway i actually bought this one one random day yeah. when voodoo was having a, <laughs> a digital movie sale digital, digital movies style, and i didn't know what to, to get i was like oh, I, gotta, I gotta get something that like you never see. Yeah. And then I had just seen Houston <laughs> talking about that. Houston again Coley. On Twitter. Good friend of the um, podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get that. <laughs> so I got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and this. Nice. Um, Two very good movies. But then doing our little watch through that we're doing, I don't know if you guys listened to the last episode, but we were doing this little thing because uh, we had some extra time this week and we mm-hmm. put together this list of films we wanted to get through <laughs> that were a lot of films that we had not seen yet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is on there, and Bad Times at the El Royale is on there. Yes. And we just watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood the night before. And then we watched Crazy. Bad Times at the El Royale, which is really funny, because they're set in the same year. Strikingly similar in a lot of ways. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the one character is based off of Charles Manson, who does appear in... And have very strong <laughs> plot relevance. And once upon a time in Hollywood, very strange that that it would happen, but it has happened. It was just an odd coincidence. <laughs> it really was, especially being again that I bought them at the same time. <laughs> so and I and I did not know that they had any similarities. Yeah, both set in sixty nine. Which is just kind of funny to me. And both, well, one one is half set in California, <laughs> and the other one is fully set in yeah. California. You know, I feel like they spend more time on the the Nevada side. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> but, but on it, uh, on a technicality. For for everybody, what are your thoughts on Bad Times <laughs> bad at the times El Royale? Royale? It's a very interesting movie. It's a movie that's very clearly uh, directed by a screenwriter, <laughs> uh, Drew Goddard, uh, who is a pretty good screenwriter. Uh, i'll say um i enjoy cloverfield i enjoy the martian you know yeah and i enjoy actually this is probably my favorite screenplay from him uh it's a lot of fun it's got a fun like cast of characters which i mean that's pretty much its whole thing it's a very much an ensemble movie um but it's it's got a nice sleek direction good production design good lighting um it's it's a fun ride i will say yeah. It's got a good momentum to it. Yeah, I was about to say, I really like what it does thematically <laughs> yeah. a lot. Um I've the only like I've seen uh, now all of Drew Goddard's um, direct, directorial work. Cause so was, his two just, films. just this in Cabin in the Woods, and yeah. I know and I know a lot of people love Cabin in the Woods, but Cabin in the Woods really isn't like my cup of tea, <laughs> which is crazy because like that kind of like on a conceptual level it is my cup of tea. Right? It sounds um, like a movie you'd like, <laughs> but Every I don't time know, I there's something about, about the writing and even the direction in Cabin in the Woods that I really don't like. Um, and and I still feel some of that direction kind of kind of coming through here. Something about this, like something about the way Drew Goddard directs, is kind of like I don't know, like not even inherently unappealing, but almost like fake feeling. It, it feels me. like an artificial movie to a to a degree, which I don't think was intentional, but I, I could very much see how something like Cabin in the Woods, this would be way worse for, you yeah. know? Yeah, and I mean, you have Chas on the screen. It kind of works Cabin here, like, it kind of works here, like, to create sort of an odd atmosphere. But I, I could see it not working for other movies, yeah. absolutely. But it's still, yeah, it's still very good. I love the cast. Oh, um, yeah. And I really love the production design and everything. Um, it's just, I don't know, he's, he's a very odd director. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I had to, like, mount a criticism for it... I don't know. It it feels a little It's poorly paced. That's a criticism. It feels a little. It's just odd. I don't know. Like well, it's just kind of a bit sloppy. oddly structured. It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of poorly structured. It's a little yeah. poorly paced. Thing is, just kind of. It doesn't. It doesn't fully have the tie-in to bring everything around. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like in terms of the screenplay, it doesn't. It doesn't fully wrap around in any completely satisfying way for all of these different things It keeps popping up. Like it's a very. Sp- Like, it's the kind of movie that, like, shows you a bunch of different backstories and you're constantly cutting different things, which, like... It can work. Can work, but it doesn't really feel explored enough well here or used enough well here to really, like... I don't know. Come together. It's a of fully coming way because I do like a lot of the stuff here. Like, and I, I actually kind of like the way they structure it. A lot of the times, so it can be clunky and weird um, and kind of off-putting. Uh, like, I don't know, a handful of times for me. Uh, but I think the pacing largely works. Uh, it, or at least it did for me. Yeah, I still really liked. The yeah, it was a good time, man. The themes and the character work and yeah, I give it, I give it a four out of five. I also gave it a four out of five. It's a, it's a good time. Crazy. <laughs> um, and did we watch this later that night? I don't think so. I think oh. this was actually on the night of the 18th. Oh, okay, okay. But I could be wrong. Um, I don't know. I, I, no, I guess. I, I guess we had to have watched yeah, was about that later say. that night because okay. <laughs> because we watched that on the night of the 18th. This is very very uh, interesting for the listener. <laughs> They're like, hmm. I wonder what movie they're talking about. Uh, we watched, uh, and and then later that night. Later that uh, night, technically on the eighteenth, we watched Nightcrawler. <laughs> Nightcrawler, um, which was which was my only rewatch of this entire time. My boy Lou Bloom, um, <laughs> and it had been forever since I'd seen Nightcrawler. I saw Nightcrawler like, what would that be like? five years ago oh gosh wow um (laughs) hadn't seen it since (laughs) and hadn't seen it since that's crazy um but i really loved it back then (laughs) and i really love it now Man, this is this is one of the best movies we watched over this little like stretch of films we did. I wrote a I wrote a big long review about it. Or not that long really, but big big long review by my standard of <laughs> what I usually write. Remember that, that one reviewer that I follow <laughs> who always has the weirdest takes gave this like a one and a half. Dang because bro. he doesn't like he he found it unpleasant <laughs> that Lou sixteen. <succeeded. laughs> mm. I <laughs> wonder like, why. He's like I find the whole film. Very very unpleasant I'm like that yes yeah <laughs> but yeah no dude Nightcrawler I I know you were talking it up before you before we watched it but it's so good um it's, it's really great <laughs> probably my favorite Jake Gyllenhaal performance Ooh. like maybe a hot take but like I feel like Kind of a cold take. I don't know. I feel like this is easily his best work yeah, I mean, that I've seen. I, I, I mean, it's between like something like Nightcrawler, or Okja, or Wildlife, or something. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose you could make a case for Okja. He's pretty good in Wildlife, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that over Nightcrawler. But at all. <laughs> but yeah, Nightcrawler is just really great. Like I can't think of a bad element in Nightcrawler. Right. The performances are outstanding. Uh, the script is fantastic. The script is so the, good. The commentary oh and stuff works really, really well. The commentary well. is, like, pitch perfect. The, I don't know how they do it. The <laughs> cinematography is really good. Yes. The atmosphere of the movie, yes. the pacing. It, the, 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 my only it's issue so comes to a, a little bit in the pacing because I think it's, like, a little bit too long. It's, it's but like, that's, that, like, a little bit too it's long. It's like a scene too long barely like maybe a scene or two you could have cut out and it would be like the perfect (laughs) lean mean uh capitalism critiquing machine (laughs) you know but i i really enjoy it and honestly i think it's probably one of my favorite movies now it's it's so good I don't know. It just works really well as like a dark comedy and just as a thriller in general too. So, which is so interesting <laughs> that this is the guy who did Velvet Buzzsaw. Right, I'm so excited because for nobody, Velvet Buzzsaw. nobody now. likes Velvet Buzzsaw. Exactly, everyone hated <laughs> Bu- Velvet Buzzsaw. Did he just do like he was like, Oh, I critiqued the American news cycle and like capitalism, now I'm gonna do art and it's like <laughs> and half, then it was it's bad. like half the same cast too. Literally really? the main girl and the main guy are both in Nightcrawler. Exactly. I'm like, What what do you mean Velvet Buzzsaw is bad? This is the guy who did Nightcrawler, but yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Nightcrawler. Um big recommendation if you're if you're up for it. Um I gave it a five out of five. I also Great gave phenomenal. it a five out of five. <laughs> um and then on the nineteenth, I don't know if you watched something in between this. And on the eighteenth we watched it trade. But why do we keep having different dates? For it was these? the eighteenth. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you on the eighteenth, you
0: just are super slow at logging stuff. On the eighteenth logged it past midnight. On the eighteenth, we watched Bullet Train. Uh, yeah, our sister, our sister got back home, and she was like, "Have you guys seen Bullet Train?" <laughs> have you guys and seen we were Bullet like, Train? No. no. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, well, you gotta watch Bullet Train. You Gotta watch Bullet Train." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I make mean, I mean, Micah, I would watch just about any movie with uh, Brian Tyree Henry in it. He's he's always great, um, and you know he is fun here but as with all of this cast this is actually a great cast um but as with all of the stuff in this movie it just really like sucks how just bland and kind of bad the writing is it's very it's very very directed by the guy who directed deadpool too you know (laughs) it's it's a very i don't know it it feels like it is it, it feels like it thinks it's smart and like funny it does, and it just isn't most of the time. It, I feel like it should have leaned more into like the dumb fun. I was to say it's comedy. It's comedy, concept, its comedy but... is usually pretty weak because it's yeah. it's very surface level and like kind of stupid. Like there's some funny stuff. <laughs> oh, no, there is some funny um, stuff, and it's mostly from the performances. Yeah, and then like the the the, the plot is really weak. <laughs> like the plot, they think it's like the coolest thing <laughs> with all these different elements being introduced I mean, on the like, train. It's cool. but it's like In- it's like. painstakingly simple. The story is not that complicated to be made (laughs) this way. I put that in my review. This is such a simple story that has so little to say about anything that literally you could follow very easily without making it like (laughs) they make it. But instead, they make it with all these little introductions and, like, they're like, oh, this is so cool. I can, I mean, I can see what they're trying to go for with, like... The universe, the whole everything's connected thing, like that, that, that whole theming of especially Brad Pitt's character in this, like it makes sense, like in my mind, theoretically, but then in execution, it just doesn't it does really a, come off. It doesn't off really that way. have anything to say about that. Like yeah. I asked, I asked my <laughs> sister actually when we finished it, because I said it didn't have anything, to, like I said, the movie had nothing to say. And she was like, well, what about the whole, like, you can't avoid fate thing? I'm like, well, what is that saying? And she's like, that you can't avoid fate. I'm like, but what does that mean for any of these characters? I mean, like, it's kind of, it kind of comes off as a sweet arc for uh, Ladybug, but like, I don't know. At the end of the movie, it just left me kind of... Well, it doesn't... It doesn't... Meh. Most of the movie doesn't have anything really to do yeah. about fate other than the fact that, oh boy, it's a big old coincidence that all of this stuff happened this way. You want a, You want a good movie about coincidence. Go watch Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia. That's a great movie. Um, so yeah, it just... It just like, Ladybug's arc is just really not that interesting because yeah. nothing really extraordinary... Like, quote-unquote, extraordinary. But, like... From a movie standpoint, nothing really extraordinary (laughs) even happens. Yeah, I mean, this is basically just a day on the job for him, (laughs) apparently. But, uh... Yeah, I I put in my review. It's just Kill Bill but bad. <laughs> um, I I wanted to praise though. It has pretty good cinematography and pretty good lighting too, which I was surprised. <laughs> most most modern action movies kind of <laughs> yeah, like looks, fall on their face when when it comes to lighting. There's, there's something very again like artificial feeling. About I mean, it, though, for this for this being set entirely on a train, pretty much the amount of visual variety and style we get it is refreshing i i thought it was good worth praising i give it a three out of five i also gave it a three out of five i thought it was all right but not great yeah, right. it's, it's fine yeah uh, then on the 19th uh, i watched the virgin Suicide. sophia coppola sophia coppola my first sophia coppola movie yes indeed uh, i was very i was kind of interested mainly because like <laughs> I know not that many people are crazy about it, and it's in the Criterion Collection, and it's got it's got Kristen Dunst in it, and like I was like. <laughs> Well, that's got to be something. All of right? those reasons, um, amazing. And it was short, so I was like, "Yeah, I'll turn that on, <laughs> see what that's like." And it's very, very odd. Hmm. And like, I know everybody was like, "It's a very odd movie," but it's a very odd movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's very tonally weird. It, the screenplay is really weird. Interesting. The direction's really weird. Like everything about it is really odd. And I think for the most part, it works. <laughs> like I think what they're kind of going for, especially on like a screenplay level. I I think most people kind of agree that the screenplay is pretty fantastic with what they're going for nice um it's very like genre bending and kind of purposefully focuses on not like the girls who would typically be about and has something to say about the teenage guys who essentially narrate and lead the film and like the way Hmm. it goes about presenting them and like the 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 fairy pixie dream girl aesthetic uh (laughs) even though things are not going so well like it like it has something to say with all of that it's very it sounds Um, very cool i don't know (laughs) but at the same time the direction just feels like off Mm. like and i know a lot of people have said that like that's a big complaint from a lot of people that a very good screenplay very weird kind of off direction (laughs) for the screenplay interesting um but again, I still think it worked pretty well and the performances are really interesting and like the the movie left me the movie left me thinking about stuff, which which good. is good. That's what movies um, should do. And and Kirsten Dunst's performance is definitely the standout. It's very good in this. She's so good, man. I want to <laughs> see her in more stuff. <laughs> She's really good at this. And she was I think she was 17 in this movie. What? 17? Are you kidding me? That's crazy. A big if true, Micah. <laughs> uh, I give it a four out of five. Very yeah. cool. Very, very, very cool. odd movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see it. It sounds cool. <laughs> um, next, I I, guess, I believe it was the next day. Yes. On the 19th, I, we went out to the theater. And we saw... I think this was the same day that I watched, <laughs> that I watched the film. Okay, the On a technicality the same day. <laughs> no, it was literally the same. We just went to go see this that night. I know, I know. Um, but we went and saw a film in the theater called Skinamarink. Yeah, which I was very surprised to see playing at our local NCG. <laughs> um, directed by Kyle Edward Ball. And it's it's a horror film, his, and it his feels debut film. It feels like a YouTube video. It does. It is a in the best way a feature like creepy pasta. Yes, <laughs> in the best way. We love to see it. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe I'm just speaking personal experience here. But some of the scariest things I've ever watched were like, you know, down down in the bedroom. You get you got YouTube. You got whatever, what what have you? You got the <laughs> internet. You got you find yourself a creepy video, and it's so unnerving that you, that you're like, "Oh man, how will I ever recover?" <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, so so I think this this movie itself is very interesting. I've been thinking about it a lot lately um, because yeah. it's, it's got a very unusual style, a very it does, a yeah. very like experimental YouTube film esque style. A lot of it is mostly like atmospheric shots <laughs> of night. nothing. Night. <laughs> um, I was but... imagining a cut where you like cut out all the scary stuff, and it's just like a quiet house but I think I think it <laughs> like I think specifically for it, it doesn't work for everyone it's not a film for Absolutely. everyone it's not a film but for when it everyone. does work because I know a lot of people who really think this works <laughs> it works like really really well um, and for me especially, it worked really, really well. Because, again, uh, like, like I mentioned, because like, we went and saw this with my girlfriend and she didn't really like it that much. Yeah. Uh, which which made me sad, but I very much understood. Because it's, it's pretty long and nothing really much happens. I mean, it's probably uh, the most experimental, quote-unquote, <laughs> film I've seen in a theater, which, you know, is cool. But uh, it really, like, I don't know, a lot of stuff very much, I think, perf- perfectly encapsulates what it's like to have like, to have like nightmares as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very much, it feels like a child's nightmare. Um, especially like nightmares I would have had growing up. I was about to say, uh, I related a lot to a lot of the imagery and like just general vibes put out by this. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was very gripping. Yeah. Um, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to look away from. It's very <laughs> like, at least for me anyway, again, I know if you're not into this, it's so boring. Like, it's just the most boring thing. I just can't be... I can't imagine, like, in my mind, being anything but terrified watching this. Um, But, like, I guess if it's not your vibe, like, you'd probably just be (laughs) sitting there like, okay, when is the static shot gonna move along? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's mostly just static shots of nothing and then Mm -hmm. I I do think I do have like my main criticism of it is that it's still despite I think having some real depth to it I think there's legitimately depth in a lot of it's story elements and filmmaking despite it's kind of simplistic aesthetics and everything I do think about most of the jump scares themselves are kind of cheap they are they're a little cheap (laughs) but I don't mind because they're really scary (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah any, any other thoughts from you on this um the phone will haunt me oh, forever and phone. ever. That's the so cool. Price phone. <laughs> I love. I love some people. Some people who who've watched this that I know who like who think lesser of it. Um, I, lo- I love how somebody was like, uh, they were like, it does more with a Fisher-Price phone than I could ever do, though. Exactly. <laughs> like, they put all their, cl- like, their complaints. That, that is one of the most like terrifying images I can conjure <laughs> in my mind is from this movie. Uh, which is funny, because it's a Fisher-Price phone. <laughs> but yeah, no, dude, everything you said, it, it's got such a great, gripping, uh, terrifying atmosphere, and it, it really does, like, thematically work a lot for me, too. I, I'm looking forward to rewatching it a lot um i gave it a five out of five though i i I gave it a four and a half it was great i don't think it's quite perfect it's i don't know it's it's a it's a shaky five but it's a five nonetheless (laughs) for me (laughs) you know uh then on the 20th uh our sister showed us another film another film Uh, this time we sat down and watched the platform heck yeah um i i wanted to see this back when it came out too spanish netflix original i believe yeah it's a netflix original um sci-fi thriller I guess it's sci-fi, like a dystopian sci-fi thriller, which, you know we love to see it, I I'm guess not it's not a sci-fi we have floating platforms it's a documentary. and, infinite, and, and, and <laughs> infinite prison holes <laughs> uh, yeah, the platform you probably heard a little bit about it back when it came out I remember there I being some heard, buzz I heard nothing about it okay. and not a single person I followed besides <laughs> Marianne and her boyfriend have seen this All right, fair enough. Um... (laughs) I heard nobody talking about that. (laughs) I mean, I heard it, there was a couple people talking about it. No, like rave reviews or anything, but the premise sounded cool enough that I wanted to see it back in 2019 when it yeah, came out. You guys were like the like. She was like, "Have you seen the platform?" And we were like, "Oh, the platform!" And what, I was like, cool. "I've never heard of the platform." It looked cool, Micah. Um, and it was a little cool. Yeah, it was fun. It was a bit heavy-handed. Um, yeah, it's it's very <laughs> to unsubtle. Be expected, yeah, um, and it's and it's weird. It's a very odd movie, like just it's from a, a right standpoint. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wish they would have gone full Don Quixote with it. I really that do. That would have been really funny. That would have been great. Um, <laughs> uh, the main, the main guy is really fun to watch. I love him. Yeah, he's um, a fun, he's a fun lead character and a fun lead performance too, I will say. He's, he's in Pan's Labyrinth too. You <laughs> watch him suffer in the movie. Yeah, you can watch him suffer in both movies. In both the Because he's the man, guy who gets Penn's tortured Labyrinth. in Pen's Labyrinth. <laughs> um, another Spanish movie too, Micah. Yeah, I mean, he's a Spanish actor. I mean, I actor. guess, yeah, he's a Spanish actor. <laughs> um, but, but no, there's, there's a lot of really fun elements yeah. in this, too. I think the sci-fi premise is executed well. And I think for the most it's part... A, it's a cool set piece. For I was your... about to say, I think for the, for the most part, they keep the location engaging, mm-hmm. despite... It being very like a, simplistic a, a little cement block somehow somehow they made infinite <laughs> cement block very interesting to watch unfold yeah. i think they use its premise to an interesting like extent i think it's also just pretty simplistic pretty heavy-handed and like yeah it, 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 it's not like bad it's just not doing too much it's got it's got very obvious things holding it back from being like a groundbreaking masterpiece yeah. but it is good so um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it was fun. I don't really have too much to say exactly, about it. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I gave it a three and a half. I gave it a three out of five. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, then on the twentieth, twentieth, uh, we watched. What did we watch? Roman? We watched a uh, little film, little sequel to a film. <laughs> It's called The Godfather Part 2. <laughs> I did not think that they would harp on the Godfather theme so much in this movie. They they really want to remind you of how good the score was. I mean, they, use, they use it that much in the first movie, too. I know. It's like the only song they use. I <laughs> know. There's like three songs in the Godfather score. <laughs> But I would, I'm just saying, like, when I opened and it started playing the Godfather theme and then it kept coming up, I'm like, really, guys? It's about Michael Corleone. <laughs> Michael Corleone. I mean, it's it's a cool movie. I, I mean of course it is. It's the Godfather Part it's Two. Such a, it's such an odd movie. I did not. I didn't give it a five. Like everybody gave it. Like everybody. Like a lot of. I, I don't know. I know I several mean, I people who didn't give it a five, but a lot of people <laughs> give it the five, and they're like, oh yeah, it's just like the Godfather. But it didn't fully work for me as well as the Godfather. No, part. it's, One it's did. no the Godfather. Um, honestly, but it's still very cool. It's I very love cool movie, Michael. Dude. I love Michael. He was he was he was obviously my favorite part about the first movie. Yeah. I know a lot of people harp on a lot of the different things in the godfather Mm -hmm. but like really the thing that that carries me through the godfather is michael purposefully so yeah um so it's very i think it's very cool to watch him as kind of really being in his own element here absolutely um but i also think it's odd that like there's so little that happens in this plot yeah it's an interesting movie uh, actually from the michael standpoint (laughs) he has a party somebody tries to kill him he it messes around with a bunch of different people, <laughs> kills some people, and that's it. Yeah, that's pretty that's, much the whole movie. That's the movie. So because of that, you also have all of these flashbacks to young Vito young Vito uh, played no, my by boy. Robert De Niro, which is kind of funny. This is like the, one of the most bizarre De Niro performances I've seen <laughs> again. I love the review that it's like, it's, it's 50% a, uh, Marlon Brando impression and 50% just absolutely normal Robert De Niro. Right. <laughs> he'll be like, he'll do like his, like this little raspy voice. And then he'll be like, eh, hey, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? What? And I'm like, De Niro, what? It's so funny, dude. Oh, <laughs> um, um, but I think thematically it works really well I think that's yes, really the standout here and it's fun watching kind of like a full villain arc for Michael I mean there was kind of a, like like a small little villain arc for Michael in the first Godfather and that's the whole point is like what drags him back into his family yeah, business yeah. even though he didn't want that um, and then in this one he's going full he's, he's you know he's going full the Godfather <laughs> uh, but yeah I mean Al Pacino, Micah i say more (laughs) dude i love young al pacino he's so good in this i don't don't know there's something that's always so weird to me because i feel like he just doesn't look that similar to old al pacino old al pacino and young al pacino looks so different to me and i know they look similar but in my mind they look completely different and i don't know it's two different people i don't know what happens but yeah like if i think about if i think about al pacino and especially the first godfather because he starts to look a bit more like He's got the... I mean, he's aged a little bit. um, But if I think of Al Pacino in The First Godfather... I think of a completely different person than if I think of like Al Pacino and like Don Cucino, Right. You know, or even or even on the poster of the third Godfather, like movie, a finally Al Pacino like, in Don Cucino. For some reason, this does not look like the same person to me, even so though it funny. is the same person. I like it's literally the weirdest <laughs> disconnect in my brain. Uh, but yeah, Godfather Part Two, um, very cool movie, uh, very surprisingly well paced movie, very oddly structured movie. Yeah. But it works well. Yeah, I think it it's works. A, it's a good time. It works pretty well. I can't believe there's a cut of like <laughs> th- <laughs> these together. Oh yeah, the cut of part one and part two in chronological order. Yeah, for chronological television. order, yeah. which sounds bad because the Vito <laughs> stuff, like the young Vito stuff, is very important thematically, specifically for Michael in this movie. <laughs> yeah, the way the way it like. um juxtaposes the two of them in this works really well and i I can't imagine removing that stuff or like switching it around yeah i mean it's it's still francis ford coppola's the godfather like every element that you would imagine is good it's a technically it's a technically very well made and directed movie with great performances great atmosphere great score it's a a great movie (laughs) i gave it a four and a half i gave it a five It's again wobbly five, but it's there. (laughs) Uh, Then on the twenty first, twenty first, I watched uh, Kill Bill Bill. Volume Two. Volume Two, Uh, my second two. We had The Godfather (laughs) Part Two. Now we have Kill Bill Volume Two. (laughs) Um, Kill Bill Volume Two is so interesting. Like the Kill Bill movies are so weird, Um, and. I really, really want to find the cut of the two of them together, <laughs> yeah. And, Like that has some of like some of the deleted action, and it has a bit more, like like apparently that he went a little crazier with the action. I don't think he could put all of it into an R-rated movie, if I remember. Ooh, doing some of the research, I found like That's it's weird. not it's not just a cut of the two of them together. <laughs> okay, um, which is very very cool. That makes me very <laughs> interested to see it. But also, I think. The Kilbo movies kind of get a little broken fundamentally <laughs> by the fact that you split the story into two parts. Like in the way that they split it into two parts. I was parts. about to say there's nothing inherently oh. bad about splitting up a story into two movies as long as you handle the plot threads like well enough that it's an interesting movie like on its Because <laughs> like the first movie I had the complaints <laughs> of that like it feels like just action. Not much <laughs> character work. Like you get introduced to the bride. You find out her motivation, and then it's just action. Like literally, just (laughs) she she never loses. Straight up, just her killing a bunch of people. Um, which you know is fine. It's fun. That can be a fun, um, movie, but it's, yeah. but it's pretty unsatisfying with what they present to you, especially being that like you never even see Bill's face. Like he, <laughs> she's she's on a quest to kill Bill, and Bill does not show up in Kill Bill Volume One. Who is Bill? Um, which is a little disappointing. But then Volume Two has a really fantastic character work. It's got a lot of interesting <laughs> stuff with Bill. It's got, uh, but it's not it's not nearly as as action. And heavy and it's not nearly as like creatively interesting like the first volume is doing a lot of interesting stuff it's got a whole like animated segment mm-hmm. um, it's got a there's nothing like that in this movie it feels very separate from that and there's still like two action scenes but it's mostly just character drama which is fine it's good character drama but it feels really weird because again like all of the good elements of this are not present in the first part and all of the good elements of the first part are not present in this and it really bothers me because they're both fine separately they're still both enjoyable separately but they would just be really really good combined if you just like, put them in a blender yeah if you just blended them up um so, yeah, I don't know. It kind of bothers me, uh, but I really want to find... Um, the really whole bloody find, affair? Yeah, the whole bloody affair. Yeah. No, I honestly, I have I probably like would have pushed to watch Kill Bill sooner, but I kind of want to see the whole bloody affair opposed to like seeing part one and two separately, but, but we'll uh, see. But I, I give it a four out of five. Nice. It's still really fun. Um, <laughs> it's just, I don't know, Maybe it bothers me. Yeah. Uh but then then what did we watch next, Rebbe? Later same that day. day. Same day. Yeah, later that day we watched uh John Wick chapter two. <laughs> Which again we had <laughs> Another sequel, had, Micah. Another <laughs> we had part Godfather two. part two, Kill Bill <laughs> Volume Two. <laughs> And John Wick Chapter, Chapter 2. I don't know if you could get another something, <laughs> too, you know? Uh, but yeah, uh, this was really good. I well, mean, yeah, we're... it was fun. Yeah. it was. It, I wasn't as big of a fan of John Wick Chapter 2 as the first John Wick. Mm. Um, <laughs> I just don't think the story is as engaging. I never really got into any of the motivations for John as much in this movie. Um, I think it's kind of... A little too—I I don't know. It's—I think that's really my biggest complaint of how the story goes about. Is like, there's nothing that invests me into into feeling that John is justified in like a lot of the more revengey things he does. When he blew up his house. <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like he's that. Like, like the whole thing in the first movie is that it goes out of its way to emotionally justify why this dog would mean so specifically much to him Yeah. and then there's nothing that either like recaps on that or picks up on that or adds any more of why this specific house means something to him I um, mean it's the last bit of his wife that he has left no guess. no that was the dog Robbie <laughs> not the house the house does not mean that much to him presented in the first movie he's blowing he's like shooting holes in it left and right. He's <laughs> he's tearing it up in everything in the first movie. So I have no reason to believe that he would go on this crazy of a revenge quest like ending in the way that it does, especially over somebody blowing up his house. After he could probably predict that he was going to blow up his house after what he said to him. I mean, he seems very, like... Just generally upset that this guy would bring back the medallion, you know? Oh, yeah, but he like, of course he would. Why wouldn't he? It just doesn't make sense to me why he would go this crazy with it. Because yeah, because he, it's a movie. Mike. Because he used the, <laughs> no. he he used the marker. This guy by the by the rules of their own universe has every right to ask John to do to to do a job for him. <laughs> it just doesn't it never like the action is still really good. I don't like the cinematography as much as the first one. I, I don't love think I don't think it's as, I don't think it's as visceral a lot of it feels a lot more distant. Yeah. Um not in a <laughs> no, good way. No, it's a lot clearer no. and a lot I I think it's a lot more pointed. Pointed to what? Like, again, it's not as interesting of set pieces, in my opinion. And then because it's this different cinematography and not as visceral and the revenge thing isn't as interesting, it's not as like, yeah, when the action comes in. It's more just him doing all of these things and you're like, oh, yeah, there he is. He's killing a guy with a pencil. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, yeah. I had a lot of fun with this one. A I still lot think more it's, fun than the first one. I still one. think it's really good, but I'm trying to justify here the fact <laughs> that it's it's not it's not better than the first one, Revy. I mean, I think it is better. The sidecast, you're wrong. It is not better than the sidecast of the first movie. I mean, the first movie is really great, and it's kind of a blast, but like, I don't know. I I enjoyed this one more. I enjoyed watching this one Which more. Which is crazy to me. I, I feel always like feel they're a so, bit disengaged they're so, through John. Th- but Wick. that's literally what happens with this because there's so much less to grab on. I don't know. I there's I felt a lot a, more engaged. There's for such this a one. strong emotional core in John Wick, and that's what makes it work that, on, on, it on every level, me. including the action, which is a lot more visceral because you can get into the true like rage that they're going for that John Wick has. But it doesn't feel justified for him to have as much rage here. And then the filmmaking itself is presenting it in a little bit more clean, sterile way, so it feels like he's just working. <laughs> Like, it doesn't feel like. It, it just doesn't get me connected to this at all. And there's not as many interesting side characters and that interesting of a plot. Dang. Um, it's so still, bad movie. Money. No, it's still good. And the action is good. And the plot is fine. It's a fun action movie. And these things are just goofy, goofy, stupid action right. movies with stupid little plots. I gave it a four out of five. I also just, gave it a four. Out I'm just five. saying you're wrong here. It is not better than the first one. Uh yeah, no, I I mean I thought it was better than the first one, but <laughs> evidently I may be I may be flawed in my thinking here. I don't know. I enjoyed it more than the first one at the very least. So, there's that. <laughs> Um, and then on the 22nd, the very next day, we oh, watched, very next day. we sat down and watched bum, another bum, movie, bum, Micah. Bum. If you can even believe it, another one. Another movie? They make more? They made, they made more movies? <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, it's called Silent Hill. Silent Hill. Based on the game of the same name. I think most people, if you say Silent Hill, will only think of the game, Rebby. Um, I don't know. Some people might think of the Kendrick Lamar song, Micah. It's a good song. Also based on the name of the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Silent Hill. It's um, allegedly one of the better video game adaptations very, yeah. from the 2000s. Oh, really? I didn't think people liked this that much. Well, that's the thing, Micah. Most 2000s video game adaptations are crap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and most people at least think this is like a semi-competent movie, you know? It's one of the better horror video games out there, if we're talking the original Silent Hill. <laughs> I mean, very, I've very, never very never game. played Silent Hill, so um, I know. <laughs> But I was very, very curious about this, because, like, how are you going to adapt silent hill um and they do it in a very odd way they fully commit to it man <laughs> they commit to the bit they man. really they really go for it it's, I'm, I'm it's obviously it's obviously different from the game yeah story here and there um well the, the game is considerably longer narratively. Well, yeah than but this. you have a different yeah. you have a different like like a little different character plot and everything and different things going on. But like, it's very similar at the same time to the game. Like they grab a lot of the stuff they commit (laughs) to being pretty similar to the game. Um, which makes for a really odd movie being, (laughs) it is a very strange movie. Just the kind of game that Silent Hill is. Yeah. Um, I guess my biggest complaint for the movie would probably be th- that it's a video game adaptation and you can very feel much feel that it's a video ad- game adaptation in the writing. Yeah. It doesn't have the time to really go over all of the different elements that make Silent Hill Silent Hill. In the runtime. So, like... Yeah, it doesn't give the weight it should to a lot of the things that it yeah, presents. Because like the, the stuff the, it does have is cool. For the religious cult, you can't really have the time and justification yeah. and really getting into the weight of it like you can very naturally in the game. And then because they have that, and that's kind of like, you know, that's the, the crux of the, of the plot. <laughs> that's where the climax uh, is. You don't really right have now. time to explore a lot of the actual interesting elements of being in Silent Hill. Right. You get a couple, like the whole beginning of the movie, sure, but then it doesn't really. Yeah, go the first anywhere. half of the movie is is an absolute blast, man. Like, there's almost no repeating monster, which is very interesting to me. And should then, there like, be? I don't know. Like, well, like a lot of the monsters and everything are like the kind that you would just like run into all over the place. Yeah, at, yeah. In the game, um and then like Pyramid Head himself is in it like three times. Right. He's, like he's not that much of like an antagonistic force to them like it made is. me a little sad i was like he, he pops in and he like <laughs> tries to kill him a couple times and like the thing he does on the church steps are very very that's that that was pretty that sick. was so cool dude um <laughs> and like it's a very sick movie overall i love the design work the effects look surprisingly, surprisingly like really yeah good. this is 2006 um, dude it looks good <laughs> I mean they they used a lot of practical work combined with nice CDs, you so, can tell man uh, it looks good yeah <laughs> but like it just feels very odd it feels like there are two halves of the movie one that's very mm-hmm. like Silent Hill monster y and then the other that's focusing on like the religious stuff yeah like the culture which, which yeah both of those elements they're are both interesting there in, in their, in their the own game. ways you know um, but it has so much more time in the game to flesh them both out together yeah. so but in this it does not have that time <laughs> so it just feels weird <laughs> yeah yeah, I honestly wish it would have just doubled down on the cult thing or doubled down on the monster thing. But they're both integral to Silent Hill, so I know. it's very—they <laughs> would have—they would have had to take—they would have had to take like a pretty radical step and just focus on like it being a atmospheric monster thing where she's just searching for her daughter and like there's not as much lore. It's just you know whatever it's just, it's a cool scary movie or they could have doubled down on like the cult stuff and had that be like moment one she gets to Silent Hill and immediately starts yeah. like seeing stuff but, I don't know I don't think either of those I, like I think uh, would work very well I think <laughs> this is probably one of the best case scenarios it for really, Silent is. Hill it really is because I really <laughs> can't think of anything else that would be like better to, to do with to this. its credit it actually weaves the two of those together was, pretty well I was about to say because I can't imagine I can't it just imagine, like it, I can't be be imagine it going Fully like like dropping most of the side elements and just focusing on monsters. I can't imagine that be like working that. Well. That would be really fun. Or, to me, or, I don't or know. focusing on the religious cult anymore. Like I don't know, just go watch Mad God for that, Revi, for <laughs> your for the monsters. That sounds so dope um, So, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It was still a neat movie. It's a great movie. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was. I had a good time. You know. <laughs> Uh, but I gave it a four out of five. I gave it a three and a half out of five. And that was uh, the latest movie yeah. I had seen. Yeah, so. but I, I watched more. Did you watch um, it, Mike? On the twenty third, <laughs> on the on late into the night um, of the of the twenty third. Of the twenty third, yes. I don't know. I guess it would be on the twenty second, but we watched Silent Hill on the twenty second, and I didn't think it was that same day. No, but I guess it was. Yeah, it was. Because I stayed up late. Because I yeah, it was later that day. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, later that day, (laughs) later into the night, uh, I turned on The Irishman. The Irishman. Uh, Martin Scorsese, Netflix original. um, The Irishman. The Irishman. Uh, Very odd movie. Very long movie. Um, it's it's very, very good. Um, I think it's very interesting what it does thematically, I think especially playing it like next to something like Goodfellas, because I think they're actually pretty similar movies, hmm. The Irishman and Goodfellas, in very terms cool. of the way they go about telling their story. And, I mean, obviously they're both <laughs> mob films. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know Martin Scorsese, <laughs> he just makes mob films. Uh, but I think like, thematically the differences <laughs> between the two in terms of the Like the difference in age and position of the characters, and even Martin Scorsese himself. Um, and I think it's just really neat the way the, the Irishman weaves its story. I think Frank is a really interesting character to watch, like, throughout his whole life. Nice. And, like, what it's saying as him. I don't think all of the plot stuff is that interesting. Like, I think the, the, the most most of the plot elements revolving around Al Pacino's character <laughs> doesn't really work that well. Like, I don't know. I never really get that into that uh, being, like, the main conflict of the entire story um obviously it's got it's doing more like different stuff thematically from just that but i mean that is 90 (laughs) percent of the plot is focusing on the drama with his character um there you go but i really love what it does thematically especially by the end i think it's got something really interesting to say about forgiveness about religion about growing old about mob films i think i think it's very i think it's very interesting very neat um and I mean it's a little it's a little I, I used I put them my review, it's a little played out feeling. I feel like a lot of people got that feeling from it. Like it's not quite snappy enough in any particular mm. way to really feel like to justify it, how long it is. Well no, it just it feels like it feels like you would imagine a Martin Scorsese movie <laughs> feeling, not like how you act like how most actors. I was let's say feel. Scorsese is usually a very energetic <laughs> director um and it feels it feels like a little bit like it's going through the motion like the Scorsese motions mm. which is interesting from it um and then it's got some weird elements like the de-aging stuff genuinely <laughs> looks weird and again like uh, Adam put in his review um You cannot convince me at any point that Robert De Niro's character is younger than, like, 50. He he does not, like, no matter the de-aging they do, the smoothing to his face and the darkening of his hair, he's still, like, especially his body, just look, it just looks older. Um, It's unavoidable. And then, like, you have, like, weird, like... Smooth face Joe Pesci <laughs> smooth and Joe Robert Pesci. De Niro. And like their mouths just look fake. That's so funny. And they look like like almost like Man of Steel kind of faces. Nice. Um, nice. with the editing out of the mustache. Um, and so And that's a little off-putting, but luckily, just in general, because of the way the movie operates, as it goes on, it gets better, and it's really not that noticeable, but in the beginning, when they're the, the, the youngest, because, I mean, it, it progresses from them being pretty young yeah, yeah. to them being really old... Um, when they're younger, it's so you're like, oh man, that's interesting. It was probably for the best that they put that stuff at the beginning, so you kind of forget about it <laughs> by the end. Uh, but it would have been a very interesting movie to see in theaters. I know a lot of cool. people talked about like seeing a, on the big screen and that being interesting, and I would I have loved to do that. It's weird that it's a Netflix movie. <laughs> right? It's so strange that it's a Netflix movie in my mind. I'm like, Scorsese, <laughs> he made a Netflix movie? Question <laughs> yeah, mark? That's weird. But, but in some ways, I also feel like it feels like a scorsese netflix movie you know <laughs> if you said scorsese netflix movies mike is like this is exactly what i thought of. <laughs> uh, but still very good i gave it a four and a half out of five very nice not um, top tier scorsese not but top close. tier scorsese but still very good scorsese very nice very uh, nice and then last night um the night on the very eve of the recording of this very episode the 24th <laughs> um <laughs> I watched uh, a little ditty. I watched um, David Cronenberg's *The Fly*. The Fly, my second David Cronenberg film. A sci-fi um, classic. Yeah, a sci-fi '80s classic. Heck I was yeah. very excited for it. You gotta um, watch the You gotta watch the original sometime, <laughs> Micah. It's so good. Cannot I cannot see it being better than this. <laughs> I, think, I feel like this has. This is like I feel like this is like best case scenario for this story. Well, from what I understand, the like I, I think it's a '50s movie. The '50s, or I guess it's probably '60s, but that version of the fly is quite a bit like fundamentally different than this one. Like it just not it, like outside of the basic premise, they're kind of very different movies. Yeah, I don't know. I thought this was really neat. I thought I loved the energy it had going. I always thought in my mind before I watched this, like, Oh, Jeff Goldblum, that's a weird casting a weird choice. Cast. But man, without Jeff Goldblum, this film would not work. Like he's, that's his performance is really, really good. Nice. And like his like weird kind of Jeff goldblum off putting charisma, like really, really, really works for the character. If you didn't have somebody as charismatic as Jeff Goldblum, Mm. um, the character would not work. That's hilarious. (laughs) Um... (laughs) And it's really it's really more Cronenberg y than I thought, and it's screenplay he goes on about like the new flesh and like <laughs> a lot of a lot of like the way it comments on stuff just feels very like even more so than scanners, like just Cronenberg y <laughs> scanners was really feel funny. <laughs> it feels painfully Cronenberg already. Like, like I wasn't expecting that from the fly. It's um but I mean, man, this is this is one of his career-defining movies. Yeah, you know? that's true. It's his most popular movie on Letterboxd. Yeah. um But like, man, the first half is like <laughs> doing something like really engaging, and I was really excited for it. I really liked the characters. I really liked the performances. And then the last, like the second half, is just so gross. <laughs> nice. This movie is gross. Yes. More gross movies, please. <laughs> this movie made me a little sick to my stomach. Nice. I mean, it's not like. It's not like the most like shockingly gross things you've ever seen, but just the specific stuff it does do <laughs> is really gross, yeah, <laughs> I think um, you're making me way more excited to watch the fly. Yeah, now. I think emily, yeah <laughs> emily of of uh, e- YouTube and co-writer for Sarahs Ed's channel as yes, well. yes. um put in her review uh that it's one of her favorite horror films not because it's the scariest movie but because it ticks off so many of her body sensitivities and i'm like yeah this movie is is it like one of those like movies where like if someone doesn't like watching surgery like it would make them squirm i don't know i'm not know i am not that kind of surgery but like there's just a lot of like like gross body things in this dude at one point there's like a there's like a maggot pregnancy scene (laughs) it's really goofy it's so it's that so, sounds amazing it's so gross i need to watch fun. this movie. <laughs> and like it keeps its energy the entire time i'm glad it's as short as it is because yeah it just like it just it goes and i i thought it was perfect i like i i know a lot of people don't feel that way i know I <laughs> they know like one other person who gave it a five and i usually do not agree with his opinions that's that's kind of crazy i thought this um, was a pretty beloved like cronenberg flick you know of his career i mean it, it, it i mean it's got a 3.9 yeah <laughs> but like i don't know a lot of people gave it just like a four or something yeah but i can't i can't think of a single thing that was like wrong with it or that i would change i had fun with it the whole time there cool. were multiple times my eyes were like actually i was actually like whoa, whoa. like <laughs> dude that's so fun <laughs> um and yeah i think jeff goldblum's performance really and even uh, gina davis they're both really really nice. good in this i'm very much looking forward to it now because i like scanners <laughs> a lot see i don't, um, I don't even like scanners like doesn't much. even like scanners i'm like i love the 50s fly i love scanners what could go wrong with me watching <laughs> david Cronenberg's the fly you know i wish i wish it was i wish the fly would, i can't believe this like scanners is in the criterion collection and the fly i want the fly criterion it's so too bad. big micah that's yeah, what it thing. is it's a too big of a movie but i would never get the distribution I want for it. *The Fly* criterion. <laughs> there's not really that cool of a release for the fly it's a shame i i can't wait to see it man but yeah i it's really like a good that. time with like a five out of five nice um, and that is that is what we watch. What we watched the, that is the stuff, our recently the logged stuff. We have recently logged over the past week. Um, hopefully, hopefully you got um, maybe some new movies to check out. Maybe maybe some controversial opinions on some old classics. <laughs> so, <laughs> who know? Uh, for for some people who listened to the last episode too, if you recall, we had a specific list. <laughs> yeah, of films we had a that we were list going of over. films. Yeah, and we got the ten of them. Mm-hmm. And I figure I figure we could mention our ratings of our uh, not ratings rankings of those. Ten um I suppose. Um, yeah, it's only ten films. But yeah, Why not? Um, not all of these. Not all, like, definitely not all of the ones we watched this week were part of that little. No, no. List, we, we, had we we had a made. set like little. Yeah, we had, thing. we made like a set. Of, it was probably like thirty films that we were that we were grabbing yes. from. Yes. Uh, and we watched ten of them. So uh, my ranking. Um, do we want to do like number one and then number two and like yeah we can count through sure yeah. Uh, My number one is uh, Silence of the Lambs. I I think that was the best of them. I mean, it's a classic, obviously. But I really just genuinely think it's got, like... I think it's just got the most cinematic power out of any of these. I mean, it's a certified, like... I think de- genre defining film um, for like crime thrillers yeah. it's great um, but my number 1 was Nightcrawler. That I just like Nightcrawler better than Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I don't Lambs. know what. Maybe? <laughs> maybe? Is that so crazy? Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number two is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Very um, nice. I really, really loved Once Upon a Time in it's Hollywood. So Both good. times I watched it, it's, it's so really good. engaging. I love what it's doing thematically. I can't believe so many people say that it's kind of like a pointless film, like a nothing movie. Um, that that's that boggles my mind. Yeah, like I don't know how you couldn't <laughs> see. Uh, I feel like it's got very strong and nuanced things to say thematically, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, anyway, I loved it. It's such a goofy movie, but that's my number. 2. My number 2 pick was Silence of the Lambs, of course. <laughs> you know, if it's not going to be number 1, it has to be number 2. <laughs> uh, um, my number 3 number pick three was Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, great movie. Very good. Love to see it. Uh, my number 3 pick was Tar. Ooh, Lydia Tar. Love Tar, man. Tar's very very good. Can't wait to see it again. <laughs> uh, my number 4 uh was The Godfather Part 2. Godfather Part 2. Great film. Or is like nightcrawler better than the godfather part yes two. i would say i mean i, I saw yeah. too. but tar better than the godfather part yes. two i don't know about that pretty definitively yeah <laughs> definitively from who from me <laughs> um my number four pick was once upon a time in hollywood my first and only tarantino at the moment and it's very very good uh, my number five pick was Tar. Very nice. Uh, my first, my, <laughs> f- well, no, I guess The Godfather Part 2 was my first four and a half. Then Tar mm. was also a four and a half. Okay. Um, but Tar is so good. Love Tar. Tar so good. Glad me, I own too. that. <laughs> I, I went out and bought it, like, <laughs> this past week. I was like, I must own the Tar Blu-ray. Um, but yeah my number five pick was sorry to bother you which is a very cool movie and a very good movie and who would have thunk it that's my number six <laughs> pick number six sorry to pick. bother you wow my number six pick was the godfather part Two. Oh. <laughs> wow look oh look our list align like for one thing one movie uh our number seven pick uh bad times at the old uh your number eight pick <laughs> is stupid my... that is the worst movie we watched out of any of those. No. Yes. Um, my number eight pick is Paul Thomas Anderson's Hard Eight, or which is Sydney. which is not bad. It is a three star film. <laughs> it is not better than those other two films. It is. I think it is better. Than no, either. it's not. How, Revi? Like, like genuinely from from a film standpoint. How? <laughs> I, I mean, I had more fun watching it than uh, Silent Hill. My number or... eight pick is John Wick Chapter <laughs> <Mc> Two. <laughs> Um, where's Silent Hill? It's my number nine. Pick. Oh dang! I thought you'd have had that a little higher. Okay. Why? Look, Ruby, <laughs> you could go. You could. You could break this down by rating. Three, three and a half, four. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could break mine down by rating too, but like, you. It's just but you're rating everything the same. That you give out four stars for nothing. My number wow. nine pick silent hill my number nine pick was silent hill oh look they matched again and the worst film that we watched out of this list was, was very john clearly Wick Chapter <laughs> two. hard eight it is a weak film i mean it has, has very its no it's a weak film that is very amateurish its emotional core doesn't really work that well the J- john c riley and uh <laughs> and whats your face yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow are focused on way too much. They are. It doesn't really work. And (laughs) the scene, like, occasional scenes may be really good, but there's no cohesion. It it is a weak film. I don't know, I love Paul Thomas Anderson, (laughs) Robbie, but it is a weak film. (laughs) I, I don't know. I thought its technical, like, stuff was enough to make me enjoy it a lot while I was watching it, and I loved the main performance in it. That was enough in my eyes to make it a very enjoyable movie. (laughs) <laughs> Evidently, you disagree. No, I, you're, you're just... I guarantee if this was not a PTA film, you wouldn't give it that high. Micah, it has Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. For one scene. <laughs> it's a great scene, though. There's so many great scenes in that movie, Micah. See, I think there are so many good scenes in that There's movie. There's so many great scenes. Like, there is no scene that I'm like, wow, this is better than a scene from, like... like, like if I think the like great scene, like, I'm thinking, like... Scenes from like Tar, scenes from <laughs> The Godfather Part Two, scenes from what those are great scenes. So these are fine scenes. These Dang, are there's bro. some good scenes in this movie. There's some there's some really good stuff. No, but especially being that there's not much cohesion between the scenes, I wouldn't especially not elevate them to great. Oh no, man. <laughs> I I just... I don't know. I had a good time watching it. I had a good time (laughs) time watching it. I thought it was a fine movie. I gave it a three. That's a positive rating. It is a positive rating. (laughs) I find it really funny that, like... I don't know. I think a solid ten minutes of this episode has been Micah being like John Wick Chapter Two, ain't all that, and then we gave it the same rating. <laughs> well, I'm just saying here. I'm just trying to like I don't, I, I the feel, voice of reason. I am I am gobsmacked, if you will, <laughs> um, in terms of the fact of some of two, just two, just two of these opinions, <laughs> the, the, the John Wick Chapter Two being better than John Wick, and the Hard Eight being better than John Wick Chapter Two in Silent Hill. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I'd want to watch it again before I'm like definitively like, it has, like, it, it's a, a ruby, bad movie, a but I enjoy I, it. There, it's not a, It's thing. not a bad movie. I didn't say it was a bad movie, but there's nothing about it that makes me want to rewatch it either. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I'm looking forward to revisiting it. Well, that's nice. Because <laughs> I thought it was a great movie. I don't know. But yes, that is what Uh, that was our ranking. That was our 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 little, as as jokingly dubbed by me, film festival. Yeah, I was about to say, Micah Micah has claimed it to be our film festival. um, With hard, I don't think any new releases besides Tar. So Tar's new, really. But exactly. <laughs> don't don't forget about Tar. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I hope I hope you guys enjoyed that. This is our first time doing an episode like this this season. Yeah. And hopefully it was I know fun. I, yeah. I was about to say. I know there's not usually much like they're less viewed and there's not as much to draw people in for these kind of videos. But we had watched a lot of new movies that we mm-hmm. wanted to talk about. And we also, like, didn't really have much of a plan. Like, we were trying yeah. to think of a good idea for a movie, and we couldn't really think of anything. So we went with this, because we were like, oh, there's a lot of movies that we wanted to talk about. And anyone that we ta- wanted to, bleh, would want to talk about, we didn't have enough time to go catch again before we recorded the episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to look at the uh, Oscar Nominations later today. Have you're a good. T- uh, <laughs> uh, gonna, uh, <laughs> I hope you guys have a good. T- I couldn't remember the name for the Oscars for some reason. <laughs> uh, but hopefully, you guys have a good rest of your day. Whenever you're listening to this, go go, go check out. Go watch a couple uh, my, my new my new video. My new video is out. Absolutely. Um, and I'm working on a new one pretty soon that I'm going to get out at the beginning of February. Very nice. Uh, so then I can do a different video at the end of February. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so there may be a lot of videos releasing on my channel soon, if all goes to plan. There you go. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank and you. we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.